Well, it's been eight months since we started studying the book of Hebrews. We started on January 10th, and this is the second to last Sunday we have on it. So we've, we've studied this book of rich theology about first how Jesus is greater than angels, and then looking deeper into him as a high priest. And it's been a really exciting past few weeks because as our lead pastor, Colleen, has been gone, the whole pastoral staff and just all of our, our people who have been appointed to preach have gotten to go one right after another. And it feels to me a little bit like a batting order. Like we've been a baseball team, we're at bat, we've been going down the line. And so this is just to put in perspective for you, we're at the end of the game, bottom of the ninth, Doug, picture the diamond, Pastor Doug's on third, Pastor Shannon's on second, Pastor Denzel from last week, he's on first. I'm hoping to hit a hit, a, a, a base hit today, and then next week, Pastor Nikki, my girl, she's going to hit a home run, bases loaded, Hebrews beat, we, we beat them. So I wanted to put that in perspective for you because a few weeks ago, Pastor Shannon uh, noted that there was a shift in the tone of Hebrews from theology to an encouragement to endure. And the last several weeks have been under that category, different ways that we have been called to endure as a community of faith in Jesus. Well, today we're going we're gonna to see another shift as we really start to wrap things up. And, and the shift is from that encouragement to a pretty straightforward list of instructions. And to me, I've been thinking of this passage as a teacher or a coach or a parent who says, all right, now you have an understanding of this complex thing. Don't forget the basics. We've studied the theology. We've, we've dug deeply. Now we got to go return to the basics. Make sure we have those locked in. And these are the basics of us as a community of followers of Christ, but also the basics as us individually. For, for God has, has called and created each of us to be a blessing to the world. And these core fundamentals that we're going to read in, in just a moment are the fundamentals for being a healthy, loving vessel of God's blessing to the world and to those around us. And Jesus as our high priest, the one who has secured our forgiveness, he doesn't put us above these, these fundamentals, these basics. He makes us clean so that we can strive for and thrive in these areas and thus be carriers of his blessing. So our goal for this morning is to dig deeply into this wise, knowledgeable, spirit-filled writer and what he or she saw, honestly, we don't know if it's a he or a she, so what he or she saw as, a needed, as needed fundamentals for this community trying to follow Jesus faithfully, this early group of Christians, um, the, audience, the first audience of Hebrews. And in, in, in digging, listen for what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through this text. So if you would turn with me in your bulletins to the text. Hebrews 13, 1 through 6 says, Let mutual love continue. 
Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Would you join me in prayer before we continue? Oh Jesus, our Savior, our King, our High Priest, thank you for this book of Hebrews. Thank you for this journey that you've inspired us to take and, and led us along in each message that you've put on the hearts of each pastor that has spoken. Thank you, Lord. Would you continue and finish your good work in us through your word in Hebrews? So we give this morning to you. Have your way in us, Lord. Amen. So we're going to break this up verse by verse. Verse 1, let, your mutual, let mutual love continue. Pretty simple, right? But this first reminder, the first core basic, is so consistently the priority in the, in, in, in the faith that God calls his people to have. Listen to a few other scriptures that this short verse brought to my mind. Jesus teaching one of the two greatest commandments is love your neighbor as yourself. Paul's words to the Corinthian church saying these three things remain, hope, faith, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And later Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I believe the culmination of this command to let mutual love continue is shown in Jesus' final teaching to his disciples when he brought them in and he, he their, their rabbi, their master, their mentor, he washed their feet, teaching them, saying, this is how I want leadership to look like between you. Mutual love, service to one another, not establishing power over one another. So that is the mutual love to which the church, the whole church is called. Verse 2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. One commentary I read pointed, pointed out that this could be alluding to Abraham in the Old Testament when he hosted God who was accompanied by two angels. So it could be that it fits the Hebrews writer has lots of Old Testament references. So this could be that. What it also spoke to me was that it shows that even those who do not know God have pleased his angels with their acts of hospitality. So just as all truth is God's truth, 
All love is from God. And so we, as the church, should be inspired, not threatened, by, by great acts of hospitality that we see from outside the church. People who have entertained angels without even knowing it. We could be tempted to bullet point this verse as simply hospitality, but the real bullet point here is hospitality to strangers. In the early Celtic church, villages were set up in such a way that travelers were welcomed in and treated as esteemed guests. They were given lodging on or near the church grounds, and this was intentional by the missionaries, the Christian missionaries who came and evangelized and helped to city plan and build these villages. And it was because for them, evangelism was about belonging, preceding, believing. In other words, it's not just those who believe who belong. It's those who feel that they belong may in time come to believe in the gospel. This is a good reminder for us that it can often be an unfortunate religious tendency to close off. To, to close off and focus inwardly only, either on ourselves or our, or our own community. But this second core basic, hospitality to strangers, reminds us that our faith is outward. It's missional. It's engaging with strangers and those who are different from us as well as inwardly nourishing our relationship with God and with those who share our faith. So as Christians, we must be warm and inviting people. Moving on to verse 3, Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you were tortured, as though you, you yourselves were being tortured. Well, many of you, many of us, me included, may not know someone personally who is imprisoned. Although I know a handful of people in our own congregation who are, who are part of prison ministries or have friends or family members who have been in and out of prison and who are walking alongside those people. So for some of you, this may hit home on a very personal or local level. But for all of us, the thing that this verse brought to my mind was that there is a huge part of the global church that is being persecuted. People, Christians who are risking their lives, their freedoms, and their well-beings to follow Jesus. And I appreciate the writer's verb here, remember. Remember. Because I think this is a great verb because it can play out in several different ways. It calls us to always keep a sober perspective, knowing that this is a reality for many who share the same faith that we do. It calls us to, it pulls us out of our own lanes for a moment to recognize that we are part of a global movement and many in this global movement are being persecuted. And it calls us in remembering, it calls us to pray for these Christians to support missions in these areas, and to stay aware, stay up to date on the hardships they face. Paul taught the Roman church to weep with those who weep. This is quite similar to the, the way the Hebrews writer says, remember as though you were with them. Let's move on to verse 4. Let the marriage bed, 
belled, wow. Let the marriage bed be held, bed held, belled. You see where I'm coming from? Let the marriage bed, forgive me, we're not at the bed yet. We're just at marriage. I did this intentionally to separate these two. We're going to talk about marriage and then the marriage bed. Um, Okay, let marriage be held in honor by all. And let the marriage bed be kept undefiled. For God will judge fornicators and adulterers. One commentary noted that in this time when Hebrews was written, there may have been new Christians who despised marriage for fear of sexual sin. But this writer was encouraging his his audience, no, marriage is to be held in honor. Marriage is a beautiful bond and a commitment sworn before God with Christ at the center. And of course, many of you know that Paul taught the flip side of this same coin, saying that singleness is also a strong, strong way of serving the Lord, a strong lifestyle, if you can have self-control over your body. But this writer must have been responding to some kind of cultural or societal narrative that was dishonoring of marriage. So whatever it may have been at, at that time, we can see that in our own society, marriage in general is becoming less honored. And this is not something to grow defensive over, but instead a chance for Christ followers to continue holding marriage in honor as a sacred commitment. Going hand in hand with marriage itself, the writer specifies that the marriage bed is to be kept undefiled. This is a good time to circle back to the function of this part of the writing in Hebrews. Now that we've unpacked the complex theology of Jesus' sacrifice, let us not forget the simple holiness that we are called to as his followers. In other words, this was a reminder that sexual sin is not to be treated lightly. The reminder, uh, the writer including this in their core basics may point to several things. That Christians are to be an example of God's way for marriage and sexual relationship. That adultery and sexual promiscuity are deeply harmful to a community. And in line with Paul's teaching that sexual sin dishonors the body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? who you have received from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. I want to take a moment to say that if you are involved in some form of sexual sin right now, the good news of Hebrews is that God offers real and powerful forgiveness through Jesus' blood. And you are invited to receive his forgiveness and work toward repentance. That is turning away from a repetitive sin and begin the process of healing for any harm you may have caused yourself or anyone else. And so I encourage you, if if this is ringing with you, I, I encourage you to talk to someone about it, a pastor or a counselor and trust Jesus as your high priest who has covered all sin with his blood. 
But let us not treat that lightly. It is the blood of Jesus dying on the cross that has earned our forgiveness. And so this is what Hebrews is all about. Lastly, moving on to verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The language here, keep your lives free from the love of money, implies that the love of money can be a snare that can creep into our lives and hold us captive. And therefore something to constantly stay on guard about. This is a warning that money has a way of holding too high a place in our hearts. Money can become the security that, that God calls us to have in him. Watching our money grow can become the central goal of our strivings rather than being good stewards of whatever vocation God has called each of us to or the money that he has blessed us with. So the core basic here to defend from a love of money is contentment. The writer really highlights the importance of contentment here because he brings in Old Testament language. This is something we've seen him do throughout Hebrews. And so this is his way of highlighting this, saying God himself is truly with us, the Lord of all creation, the hero of every story in the Old Testament. He is our helper. He is our helper. The writer uses uh, language from Deuteronomy in the story of Joshua when Joshua was being called to lead the people of Israel. The Lord says to Joshua, I will never leave you or forsake you. And then he uses Psalm 118 saying, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? So the writer assured these early Christians that being content is not just a disciplined attitude, but that these promises that God gave to Joshua and to the psalmist, he's extended to them, to us, as the people of God's new covenant in Christ. So we can have confidence in the unshakable kingdom of Jesus that Pastor Denzel talked about last week. For each of us, these fundamentals that we've gone over of following Jesus will in some way go against the flow or the grain of culture. And so we need this protection, but we have it from God for he has promised it. For what's better to please the world in each of these areas, but dishonor the God who made us and loves us and redeemed us by, by giving his life or to stand against the grain of the world and hold fast to these fundamentals and honor our God. So mutual love, hospitality to strangers, remember the suffering and the imprisoned, honor marriage, and honor your body as a holy, as a temple of the Holy Spirit, and contentment. These are some of the marks of a community of Christ. So let this be an opportunity for us to individually examine these core basics in our lives so that we get to be a part of God's blessing to others, to the world. And when we fail in any of these things, 
we have a high priest who has secured our forgiveness so that we can continue to be in right relationship with God and continue to be both receivers and givers of his blessing to those around us. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.